Praise the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you so much, Brother Scotty, worship team. Y'all do a fantastic job. I don't tell you enough. I appreciate your passion for serving the Lord. I don't know about you, but as a believer, as a child of God, I hunger to be in God's presence. Um, that is what does it for me. I, I love in our study of the Word of God, we've been talking about in Revelation 19 that there's coming a day when the peoples of the earth who have trusted in Jesus as their personal Savior will all be around the throne. And the Bible says they'll be from every tribe and nation and kindred and tongue of all over the world are going to be around the throne singing praise unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, folks, how many of you know all we're doing right now is practicing for then? <laughs> now, I am so thankful that we are able as the people of God to experience His presence in His place among His people. And what a blessing it is to be here with you. But I can't wait for the day when we are unhindered by this flesh in the presence of Jesus singing praises around the throne. So really what we've experienced here this morning is just a little bit of heaven. And uh, what a blessing that truly is. Take your Bibles, if you will, please, and turn them with me to Romans chapter number 8. Romans chapter number 8, and we're going to look primarily at one verse this morning. We've been talking a whole lot about getting in shape spiritually throughout the month of January. For the most part, we've stayed with that, and uh, we've got one more Sunday um, that we're, if we get finished this morning, and I, I plan to, but... Um, we're still talking about it, and, and uh, our purpose in doing this is so that every member that comes to make up the body of Christ realizes the importance of being in good spiritual shape. Now, folks, how many of you understand we are many members in one body? If you believe that, say amen. amen. Many members that come together collectively to make up one body. Many members differing from one another with different function and different purposes, but all working together in one accord to be what God wants you to be. And so we need to see how important it is that each member is in the shape it needs to be in so that the body might, might profit from what that member's doing, working together, all of us working together for one common goal. The Apostle Paul talked a lot about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He said that some of us are eyes and some of us are ears and some of us are hands and some of us are feet. And listen, we are all working as different, different members in one accord to accomplish the goodwill and purpose of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ in this world that we live in. And so we all need to be in good shape. Now, I was, went yesterday with my daughter, um, uh, Anna Kate, to a volleyball tournament. And while we were there, one of the young ladies that was playing jumped up to, uh, uh, to spike a volleyball. And she fell back down and stepped on somebody's leg, somebody's foot, and twisted her ankle pretty bad. And I walked out in the foyer after she had done this, and they were out there looking after her ankle. And it had already swelled up about that big around me, and it looked really bad. And I just got to thinking about that, you know, that... She, she had a lot of different members besides that one that was giving her trouble. But that one member, not being in the shape it was supposed to be in, was hindering the whole body. And she had to quit playing for the day. She was out of the tournament for the day. And folks, that really speaks well to what we're talking about. How many of you know if we're not all doing our part in shape like we need to be individually, it will certainly affect the whole body. 
And so we need to know why we're doing this. I was preaching a message one time, uh, a series of messages kind of like this one, and um, I was sharing about why we were doing it and what our purpose was, and I asked a question. I said, it was really a rhetorical question. I wasn't expecting a an answer, but I said, do y'all know why we're doing this? And a little boy about this high, he's about three, four year old, his name was Garrett, just as chubby as he could be. He was big around and he was tall, just a cute little feller. He spoke up and right with everybody. He said, brother, I don't know why you're doing it. And uh, this is the same Garrett who was in my, my wife's Sunday school class. And she was asking him one morning, she said, Garrett, uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he said, well, I want to be a preacher, but I don't want to spit and holler. And so Really, what Garrett was saying is, I want to be a preacher, but I want to be a preacher like Brother Israel. Amen? <laughs> now, he was a mess. Now, I, I want us all to get on the same page. I don't want us to be like little Garrett. We need to know why we're looking at what we're looking at in the Scripture and all get on the same page. So, this morning, we said that, uh, first of all, we're going to use SHAPE as an acronym, but also our outline. And so, we looked at each letter and seen what it means for the people of God uh, if we're going to get in the SHAPE that God wants us to be, spiritually speaking. We looked at S. We said S speaks of spiritual gifts. Now, how many of you understand every member has been gifted by the Holy Spirit? Every member of the body, every believer in Christ, everybody who's been blood-bought, born again, saved, put a part, uh, made a part of the kingdom of God, you need to know you have been indwelled by the Holy Spirit and you have been gifted by the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not going to go over all those gifts again. We've talked about them several times. But I do want you to know this, Mount Zion Baptist Church. If you are here this morning and you've been blood-bought, say Amen. If you're here this morning and you've tr- placed your faith in Christ as Savior, you know that the Holy Spirit's made a difference on the outside that has made and is making a difference uh, on the uh, that's made a difference on the inside that is making a difference on the outside. Say Amen today. Well, listen, if that's true of you, if you can say amen to those things and you know that God's done a work in your heart and is doing a work in your life, I want you to know you are a gifted child. Each and every one of you. God has gifted you by the power of the Holy Spirit living inside you so that you might be effective in your ministry in the body. You're a gifted bunch. And I'll say this, if we could ever get a hold of the potential we have in Jesus, listen, there is no limit to what the sovereign God of the universe can and will do in our lives and through this body of believers. You're a gifted bunch. You've got to walk in those gifts. And as God has worked those gifts in you by the person of the Holy Spirit, you need to be working those gifts out day by day. In your everyday life. Being what God wants you to be. Walking in His power. So that you might accomplish His purpose. S is spiritual gifts. We said H speaks of harder. Talks about our passion. Now how do you believe this morning that what you are passionate about, your passion directs your priorities. If you are passionate about something, that will become very high on your priority list. Now listen to me, folks. If you are passionate about loving Jesus and serving Jesus, then Jesus will become the top priority in your life. He'll be the top priority on Sunday, and He should be, but He'll also be the top priority on Monday, and He should be. For the believer. Amen. 
We don't put on Jesus and come to church and take off Jesus when we leave this place. Listen, the Apostle Paul says that we are to put on Christ and wear Him like a garment so that when someone sees us, the first thing they see is the power and the life of Christ exuding from us. So, we got to live with passion. I've told you before, you can be the most gifted person in the world, but if you are not passionate about what you're doing, you'll waste your gift. It's so sad to see children of God who have been gifted for God's purpose wasting their gift and living miserable lives, forfeiting the peace and the purpose and the contentment that comes in Jesus. It happens. When you're not living with passion. As the spiritual gift, H is heart. We said A speaks of ability, the physical abilities that we have. Now, how many of you know we've all got some types of physical ability? Some of you can cook. Some of you can work with your hands. You're a carpenter or uh, you're a mechanic. Uh, Some of you can sing. Some of you can play an instrument. Some of you can uh, work with children. Some of you can uh, uh, be a, a caregiver. Some of you do all of these different things. And these are abilities that God has gifted you with. Amen. And I want you to understand, listen to me now, God can and will use those physical abilities if you'll give them to Him. And listen to me now. He'll do a work in your life like you'd never believe. He'll use those things. He can use those things, but you've got to be willing to let Him use them. I can do what you can't do. You can do what I can't do, but together we can do great things. We all have abilities that we need to say, hey, Lord, here it is. You take it and use it. If you want to live a life of peace and purpose and contentment, if you want to live the abundant life, that Jesus has promised for all those who trusted in Him, let me tell you what you do. Live life with an open hand. Just say, Lord, here I am. Take me and use me. Whatever I can do for you, I want to do it. Lord, I'm giving you all I've got for as long as I've got, and I'm telling you something. Folks, if you'll do that as a believer, you will experience abundant life like you've never known. But you've got to be willing to let God have it. To relinquish your will to his, to his. So that's ability. But folks, how many of you know, listen, we also talked last week about personality. P stands for personality. We found out that some of us are lions and some of us are otters and some of us are golden retrievers and some of us are beavers. And if you weren't here last week, you ain't got a clue what I'm talking about. But we're all different. Each and every one of us are different. And that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. I'm glad everybody's not like Brother Israel. Can you say amen? You can say amen. I know you wanted to. If, you, if there had been a time you could say it, it was then. It's good we're all different. Some of us like certain things that others don't like, and we react different ways than others react. All that's okay. Because God can take you right where you are and do a fantastic work in your life by His power. Whatever personality you have. But you must relinquish your will to His will. And you ain't got to change and be like somebody else. See, what you need to be is you full of Jesus. Quit worrying about what you're not. And start worrying about what you've got that you can give to the Lord. That's it. That's what God wants. 
Now, this morning, we're going to talk about E. And E stands for experiences. Now, how many of you believe this morning that every experience that you have in your life or have had in your life or will have in your life, listen to me now, how you react to those experiences make you what you are. It molds you. Each and every time you experience stuff, and how many of you know we've all got stuff? We've all had stuff. (laughs) Good stuff and bad stuff, all kinds of stuff. But the truth is, God is willing and able to use all of that to accomplish His good will and purpose in your life. Let me tell you how I know that. Look in Romans chapter 8, down to verse number 28. Now, if you don't have this verse underlined in your Bible, I would encourage you to do so. If you don't underline your Bible, then write it down on a piece of paper so you'll know where to find it. But do something, because this is a powerful verse for the believer that we all need to get a hold of. One of my favorite verses, one of my life verses. Romans chapter 8, verse number 28, the Bible says, and we know. Now, I love how he puts that. This is not something he's wondering about. The Apostle Paul is not saying this might happen or this could happen or maybe this will happen. He is saying, we know, I am confident that God is doing this in the life of the believer. He says, and we know that all things, everybody say all things. Now, again, church, what does all mean? All. It means everything. It means good things, the things that we perceive to be good. It means bad things, the things we even perceive to be bad. It means things in our past. It means things in our present. It means things in our future. It means everything, all things. Then he says something else. Work together. Watch this. For the good of them that love God, to them who are the called, According to his purpose. God can and has and will use the experiences in your life and how you've reacted to them or will react to them to accomplish his good will and purpose in your life as a believer. Amen. Amen. You say, how is that possible? How can God use bad things to work in my life To accomplish his will. I'm going to be honest to you this morning. I don't have all the answers. Because I don't know the whole story. Amen. (laughs) See all I get is, is just what has happened. And what is happening in this little sliver of time right now. Now God knows the whole picture. I remember, uh, some of you might remember, um, I think his name was Bob Ross. Does anybody remember that guy that painted on PBS? I remember I used to watch him when I'd stay with my grandma. She would keep me uh, during the summertime when I was out of school. And every day we watched Bob Ross paint on PBS. And at first I didn't like it too much. Then I kind of got hooked on it. Now if I'm ever running through the, the, the stations and I see old Bob on painting, I'll stop and watch him. But if you remember, he would start off and he'd put a little happy tree over here. He'd put some happy or angry waves down here at the shoreline and he'd draw the mountains, you know, and and he would be doing all of this individually. But before you knew it, the whole painting came into view. And man, he would have a work of art that he had fixed. Now, all of that was in his mind before he started. Can you say amen? All we were seeing was just the stuff that he was painting along the way in these little slivers of time. And that's kind of the way God is in our lives. 
All we see is just what has happened or what is happening in this moment. But God gets the whole picture. He knows where He's taking you. And the good news is, listen to me now, He has the power to paint exactly what He wants painted. And He uses all kinds of different things to do that. Good things and even bad things. Now, what about the bad things? Bad stuff, bad things, bad experiences happen in our lives. Not just to you, but to everybody. Let me tell you what Satan will sometimes do. Satan will sometimes, when bad stuff happens to the believer, he'll put some thoughts in your mind like if God loved you, would he really let this stuff happen to you? If God really loved you and he's able to stop it, why didn't he stop it? Either he couldn't stop it or he didn't love you. And you'll start thinking stuff like that. Let me tell you something. That is an attack from the enemy. He is, I'm telling you, I've been there. And before you know it, you begin to doubt God's love and you begin to doubt God's sovereignty and you begin to doubt God's power and you begin to doubt your relationship to God even. All of that can happen. And will happen the further you take that. Listen to me, folks. I want you to get a hold of this. Bad stuff happens to you even as a believer, not because God don't love you, but just because we're human beings living in a fallen creation. You hear me? God is on record for how much He loves you, and that record is given to us on the pages of Scripture according to the gospel, the truth of who Jesus is and what He's done. God sent His Son to die in your place. To shed His blood for you. His innocent, perfect Son, God sent to take the punishment for your sin. So let's, let's stop the argument right then and there of how much God loves us or don't loves us. That's already been answered. It's answered in Christ. Hey, somebody peck your neighbor on your shoulder and say, Jesus loves you. Somebody may need to hear that this morning. Maybe you're going through some stuff. I've got good news for you. Jesus loves you. He uses bad things to accomplish His will and purpose. There was a lot of bad stuff, bad things, bad experiences that happened to the people of God in Scripture. Now I know you're not going to hear that from the name it and claim it, blab it and grab it crowd that's preaching today. You'll not hear a lot of that stuff. They'll tell you things like, man, if you, as long as you got enough faith, ain't nothing bad ever going to happen to you. You ain't never going to get sick. You're always going to have plenty of money. You ain't never going to have any problems. Your kids are always going to act right. Everything's going to be hunky-dory and hallelujah your whole life, as long as you have enough faith. Guess what? That don't work. Because I've seen dear brothers and sisters in Christ who had more faith than I'll probably ever have, who walked closely to Jesus. And, and listen, we're shining examples of the love of Christ day by day. And I've seen them go through horrific experiences in their lives. 
if that stuff that I hear today is true, that as long as you have enough faith, nothing bad happens to you, then the Apostle Paul must not have enough faith. You see, he was imprisoned several times because he was living out his faith, sharing the gospel of the Lord Jesus. He was whipped, stoned, left for dead. I believe he did die. I believe God raised him up when he was stoned at Lystra. You don't have to believe that, but I do believe that. He, he went through terrible times of persecution. Beaten, whipped, stoned, shipwrecked, and finally beheaded, all because he was living out his faith in a lost and dying world. All because he was being the light in the darkness. So if, listen to me now, if persecution don't come to those who have faith, then the Apostle Paul didn't have faith. Anybody believe that this morning? Listen, folks. Happens to all of us. Daniel was put in the lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was thrown in the fire. Peter was crucified upside down because he didn't feel worthy to be crucified like his Lord. But guess what? Even in those bad experiences, God so worked in their life that He accomplished His goodwill and purpose. And listen to me now, not only did it benefit the people of that day, it's still benefiting us today. God had the whole picture. Peter didn't have the whole picture. Paul didn't have the whole picture. We don't have the whole picture, but let me say this. God knows exactly what He's doing in our lives. He gave you the bad stuff to bad experiences to bring about his goodwill and purpose. You see, if Daniel had never got thrown in the lion's den, he wouldn't have knew that God, God, God could get him out. If David would never had to face Goliath, he would have never known that the power of God could drop the giant. If Paul had never got imprisoned, in Philippi, him and Silas, he would have never known that the power of God would shake the prison at midnight and set him free. If Peter had never got put in prison for just living out his faith and sharing Jesus, he would have never known the angel could lead him through the prison gates. Sometimes we face bad things in our lives all of us do. But God can even use those things. He does use those things to accomplish His good will and purpose. Bad things, bad experiences, good experiences, bad things, good things, all things God uses to accomplish His good in the lives of those who love Him. Now, we all have past experiences and present experiences and we will have some future experiences that God is going to work in and work through to make us what He wants us to be. And isn't that the goal? How many of you understand? God is much more concerned about making you holy than making you happy. 
You say, brothers, well, how do you know that? Well, I know it from the word of God. Look what it says in the next verse. Romans 8, 29, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. It is the destiny of the child of God, watch this, that we be conformed to the image of his son. That he, meaning Jesus, might be the firstborn among many brethren. How many know Jesus was the first one that received a newness of life being brought from the grave? He's the firstborn. We are the many brethren because all of us were in spiritual deadness. And the Bible says for all those who place their faith in Jesus, the same power that raised Jesus up and gave him new life gives us new life, eternal life, abundant life in him. And so he's the firstborn. We're the many brethren. But all that God is doing, good things, bad things, all that's happening in our life, God is using that to make us more like His Son. Do you remember when David faced Goliath and everybody was trying to talk him out of it? They came and they said, David, you can't do this. This man is a warrior. This man is the best that the Philistines have. He's their champion. He's nine feet six inches tall, by the way. And, and, and he said, they said, David, you're just a youth. You're just a boy. You're never going to be able to face this giant. You know what David said? David said, I was keeping my father's sheep. And while I was keeping my father's sheep, there was a lion that came. And he said, when the lion came to protect the sheep, I had to kill the lion. And the Lord delivered me from the mouth of the lion. And he said, then I was keeping my father's sheep uh, uh, later on. And guess what happened? He said, then a bear came. And to keep the sheep and to protect them from the bear, the Lord delivered me. I had to kill the bear. The Lord delivered me from the mouth of the bear. So here you have this teenage boy who says, I've already killed a lion and I've already killed a bear, not because of my ability, but because of God's power and the same God who delivered me from the mouth of the lion and the same God who delivered me from the mouth of the bear will deliver me from this Philistine. How? I'll tell you how. It was not because David was able. Listen, David may have been pretty good with a slingshot, but he wasn't that good. God sent the stone where it needed to go by his power to kill the giant. Now listen. David had to sling the swing the sling. But God sent the rock. We've got to swing the sling. We've got to keep doing what God wants and let God send the rock. Can you say amen? amen. You just got to keep being faithful, brothers and sisters. And allow God to work even in the bad stuff, tough stuff troubles and trials and storms in your life. I've got three things that I want to share with you about all of our past. And I'm going to do this very quickly so you hang on. First of all, I want you to know that we all have a past. You hear me? See, y'all thought you were the only one, but you're not. Everybody's got a past. I don't care what kind of suit you're wearing or what kind of pulpit you're preaching in or what kind of pew you're sitting on. Everybody's got a past. 
We are all sinners standing in need of a Savior, each and every one of us. You've all got some skeletons in your closet just like I do. You've got a past, I've got a past, we've all got a past. I've got some things in my past that I'm not proud of. How about you? Just the way it is. Being sinners standing in need of a Savior, that means we've broken God's law. That means being sinners staying in need of a Savior, that, that, that we have uh, went contrary to the will of God in our lives. We've all done things we're not proud of. We've all missed the mark, each and every one of us. But I got good news. I got some fantastic news. Jesus saves. Jesus forgives. Amen? You say, oh, brother, there's a you. He may say, but you don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what's happened in my life. Listen to me. You don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what's happened to me. I can promise you this. If he can save me, he can save anybody. I'm going to tell you something this morning that I'm not trying to give glory to my past or glamorize my past in any way, but I want to tell you folks, there was a time in my life when I would have never dreamed that I would have been pastor at Mount Zion Baptist Church. The strongholds, had a, the strongholds of this world had a stranglehold on my life. I was addicted to the party lifestyle. There's not a drug I have not tried. You name it. I've been there in some form or fashion. Now let me say something to you. Listen to me right here. Child of God, you don't need that and you don't want that. Take it from somebody who knows. Young people, listen to me. You don't need that and you don't want that. Now I know kids at school are going to glamorize it. They're going to talk about how much fun it was. They're going to say how much you need to come join them. Listen to me. You have no part in that, child of God. You don't need it and you don't want it. All it ever did for me was bring me pain and suffering Hurt me and hurt the ones I loved. Leave it alone. But that's where I was. I'm just like the psalmist said in Psalms 40 and 1. David said, I was in a miry pit. I was in the muck and the mire just as low as I could go. But praise God by His grace. He reached down into the pit, pulled me up from the miry clay, and just like the Bible says, Psalms 40 and 2, He set my feet up on a rock and He established my goings. And I went from having no no peace, no purpose, no contentment, just wondrously, aimlessly lost in this world to receiving new life in Christ when He changed me and He turned me around. You've got a past, I've got a past, we've all got a past. Forgiveness is available. Grace is there for us all. It's a gift you receive. So thankful for the grace of God this morning. We've all got a past. Now let me say something to you, child of God. Listen. Remember your past. 
Let, let me tell you what happens a lot of times. After you've been saved a while, it's easy to get on your spiritual high horse. God radically saves us and changes us and turns us around and does a work in our heart and in our life that brings restoration. And he picks up the broken pieces and starts putting them back together. But before long, if we're not careful, what will happen, we'll get comfortable. We'll get complacent. And we'll start getting on our spiritual high horse and look down on everybody else that is in the same place where we used to be. And if we're not careful, it's easy to sit way up here and look down, in my case, on the drug addict. To sit way up here and look down on those addicted to the party lifestyle. It's easy to sit way up here and look down on the same exact thing where I... Now, and folks, let me say something. Except by the grace of God, there go I and there go you. You name the sin. Except by the grace of God, there go I. Let me tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says the heart of man is deceitfully wicked. That we don't even know how wicked we could be apart from the grace of God. We don't even know how far we could go. So don't you look down your nose at anybody. I don't care who it is. Whether it's the addict or the drunkard or the, or, or the adulterer or the homosexual, you name it. The grace of God is available for all. So remember where God brought you and it'll keep you humble. Remember your past. But listen to me. Look, don't live in your past. If you live in your past and you're always worried about your past and Satan keeps you bound up with your past, it's going to ruin your present and hinder your future. The, the, the scripture says in Psalms 103 and verse number 12 that when we trust in Jesus, when we ask forgiveness for our sin, listen, it is put as far as the east is from the west. That is an immeasurable distance. If you go east, you're never going to get to a place where you start going west. And if you go west, you're never going to get to a place where you start back going east. You're never going to get there. It's infinity. What's the Bible saying? Listen, God's forgiveness is final. What's been put under the blood is under the blood. The, and Isaiah says it like this, though our sins be as scarlet, they can be washed whiter than snow. I've told you before, the blood of Jesus gets more out than oxyclean. It cleans you up. Cleans you up. So quit dredging up old stuff. Remember your past. Don't live in your past. And remember this. God brought you through it. Some of you here today have experienced some bad things. Whether it was through your own action or the actions of others. You've experienced some bad things, some terrible things, some hurtful things. 
and it's tore your heart out. Guess what? God brought you through it. You're still here. Don't live back there. Amen? Move on. Receive the grace needed that God is willing to give to help you start today and move on. No matter what you've done or no matter what someone's done to you. Some of you have been hurt by a spouse or by a parent, by a brother or sister, loved one, or by a complete stranger, whatever the case may be. God brought you through. He hadn't given up on you. Trust in Him. Move on with Him. Walk with Him day by day. Everybody stand up. How you relate or deal with what you experience molds you and makes you, helps you or hurts you. We got to deal with it the right way. First John chapter number one and verse number nine says that we have sin, and all of us do, that all we got to do is ask forgiveness for that sin, confess our sin to him, and he is faithful and just to forgive us of that sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if you failed, you've missed the mark, guess what, folks? Forgiveness is available. Ask him today. Confess it to him today. Say, Lord, I missed it here. Help me. Forgive me, Lord, I pray. And, and, and I want to tell you this. The grace of God is just as real today, child of God, as the day he saved you. If you're still dealing with some bad stuff, whether it's something you've done or something someone else has done, maybe you just need to come today and say, Lord, I need your help right here. You know, it's hard for me to forgive this person. It's hard for me to move on. Help me to get this right with you and with them. The good news is God's ready to help if you're ready to let Him. Let Him help you. Hey, bring it to the altar and leave it there. Whatever it may be. Failures, bring it to the altar and leave it there. I failed, yeah, but you know what? I know by the grace of God I can start today and move on. Whatever it is, today, God's grace and mercy, His love and forgiveness is real for you. Again, Jesus loves you. Let me tell you what I found out. I got a messy past. I made a mess out of things. And, and, and it still bothers me from time to time, even though I try to move on and I want to move on. I still look back and think, man, I squandered so many opportunities. I, sw I squandered so much time doing my own thing, going my own way. But you know what I found out? God can take my mess and He can make it a message. And God can take my hurt 
and he can make it a help for someone else. You know, the same is true for you. Whatever mess you have, whatever hurts you've been through, God can use those experiences for his honor and his glory to accomplish his goodwill and purpose. Brother, play for us. If you need the Lord, you come. If you need to be saved, you come. If you need to join this church, you come. If you need to be baptized, you come. Whatever you need today, you come. God is available for you.